Goedemorgen allemaal. En welkom op Niskas. Uh, <laughs> seriously bad joke. Seriously bad Afrikaans as well. Pray for me, family. So, how's everybody doing? Are you blessed? Give yourselves a round of applause, man. You guys are so lekker. You're so good. Such a blessing to be in this room with you this morning and to share and break God's word together. Amen? How did you guys enjoy last week? Can we get some feedback there? Anybody? Anybody want to shout out something that stood out for them last week? Come on, let's see it. Don't all jump at once. <laughs> Anybody, come on. The, uh, the real reason Eve was created. Very, very good one. A beautiful one. Anyone else? Come on. Jess, what's it up for you? Exactly. The way, the way they need to be loved, yeah. Yes. Anyone else on this side? Monet's got his hand up. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyone? Veronica? Antieta? Come on, come on. Dylan? <laughs> Dylan's like, no, I'm watching. <laughs> That's a very important point that you brought up there. Though. That was very powerful. <clears throat> but in general, we're talking about the most important thing in our lives, which is relationships. Amen? We are created for two relationships, the vertical one and the horizontal one. So just go like this. My vertical relationship is the first one in my life. And then do this. The horizontal one is to, <laughs> is to get bad people out of my life. No, I'm joking. <laughs> to get broken people out of my life. Broken people out of my life. No, just joking. Turn to the person who said, wake up, man, it's Sunday morning. <clears throat> so we're going to just, we're going to pick up and we're going to go straight into it so we don't waste any time and we're going to uh, get into tonight, up tonight, listen to me, I must wake up. The second service morning. tonight. Yeah, second yeah, service. Nice, nice. And we're going to jump straight into the message so we don't waste any time. Is that cool? Okay, so I'm going to throw out some scenarios for you guys, and I want you guys to see if you can relate to any of these that I throw out, and then we're going to break them down. Okay. Have you ever seen a good woman always seem to find an abusive partner? Okay. Okay. That was a very confident yet yeah. yeah from, okay. the, from the crowd there. <laughs> yes. Um, she will break up with that same abusive guy for all of the abuse that he gives her, only to find a different face with the same abusive nature. How many guys seen that? Yes, okay. What about the man who walks around saying, why can't I find a faithful wife? All three have cheated on me. All women are sluts. Anybody heard that come out of someone's mouth before? Okay. What? They say that. We're using an example, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about, why is it that my friend, my brother, my, my dad, or somebody I know, who will walk into a room of 300 people and always connect with an alcoholic, yeah. always connect with a promiscuous person, always connect with a druggie? Why is it? Ever, ever seen that? Ever heard that? Why does my sister always seem to find the same dominating, controlling person like my father? Okay? Why does my brother always seem to date clinging vines? Just get some space between you and... <laughs> These examples are hectic, eh? They're, they're hectic, eh? Um, clinging vines. Again, no matter what school I transfer my son to, he always gets into the naughty boy circle. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? What is happening to these people, folks? What is happening to these people? Are they, uh, is it God's portion for their life? Is this what God has determined their lives will be? Is it a demonic force that's driving this pattern in their lives? Anybody? It must be. I know what it is. It's a generational curse. Mm, yeah, that's it. Is, it. is that what it is? That's the one. No, it's is it, not. Is that the generations from SEPC 1? No. <laughs> yeah, those will curse you for sure. <laughs> okay. See, people are experiencing these patterns. They will eventually begin to, to develop these perceptions of themselves and God. And they will actually believe in their heart that this 
is my portion. This is my lot. This is what God has given me. Amen? Are you with me? And then what they do is from these experiences, they come to the family bra, and these are the sayings that you, you'll hear. Just be careful, son. Love hurts. Anyone heard that one before? Or uh, God is mean. Well, I don't want to serve a mean God. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know, life is just life. I'll, you'll never be happy. I'll never be happy. So just, you know, just do what you have to do. Uh, marriage is not for me. Marriage is not for me. Um, I will never have kids. Um, I'm a powerless person. Uh, are you with me? What is this? This has got nothing to do with the devil. It's got nothing to do with generational curses. It's got nothing to do with all that. That is the banner of a broken-hearted person. Amen? But why did they get themselves into these patterns? Why did they get themselves into these situations? Is it possibly all the people that they met are just bad people? All the people that they met, it's their fault? It's not their own fault? Let's take a king in van for, for an example. Why would a, a man who's quite an accomplished man, he's, a, he's, he's uh, driven, determined, he's got, a, he's got a good career, he's got all this stuff going in his life, why would he find himself with a clinging vine? Anybody? I mean, they're totally different types of people. One is driven and focused and he knows what he needs to get and he knows where he's going, and the other is totally and absolutely needy with no life, no vision, no focus, no nothing, just hanging on to him for everything. Now, we know why she would be getting into a relationship with him, obvious, but why would he be getting into a relationship with her and repeatedly find himself with the same type of personality or the same type of person? Yep. Is it that maybe we are doing secret deals in our heart that seem to catch us a little bit later on in life? Maybe it's that, you know what, I need to feel important. So, and I need to feel like I am the man. I am the provider. I am the go-getter. I am the one. And the more she clings on me, it serves something that I'm lacking inside of me. Amen? Have you ever seen uh, uh, um, these uh, ladies who do a deal in their heart I mean, years later, they say, you know what, they'll, they'll rather cry in a Ferrari than, than yeah. cry in a, in a Volkswagen, you know. But they've done a deal in their heart because they got into a relationship with a man who's got money, but not for love. Yeah. Now, he's out doing his career, he's 24-7 busy, whatever, she's at home doing nothing, just getting stuff pumped into her lips, I don't know, you know. Because the more she looks in the mirror, the less, the less val value she feels. And um, she just becomes totally besotted with herself. And, and her life is all about how she looks and what she wears. And she becomes, uh, um, you know, just, it just gets minus, 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 minus. The heart just gets more and more bankrupt. And then she wants to turn around and say, all men are bad. All men are evil. Or my husband is this. But did she not do a deal in her heart to be in that position in the first place? Amen? So what we're talking about this morning is we're talking about something that each and every one of us carry to a certain degree, and it's called codependency. And we have to be so careful that we're not allowing our need, like we said last week, our need is fine. But our need must never get to the place where it's it becomes a greed where we now start to devour the person, control the person so that we can get what we need out of them. Amen? We discussed last week how we are supposed to build upon uh, and set our love upon Christ. Amen? Finding the correct source. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of crazy things here. But let's have a look at how this all unfolds, okay? Because this is where we get to a lot of of the weird and wonderful stuff that's happening in society today. So our experiences, if you're taking notes, just write this down quickly. It says, our experiences 
forge our perception. Okay? Your perception for life, how you see life, how you see yourself in life, the value you carry, everything is going to come from your experiences. Okay? Our perception, how we see ourselves, guides our decision making. Okay? So our experiences forge our perceptions. Our perceptions guide our decision-making and how we live our lives. If our perceptions are forged by incorrect information, all our decisions are bad. Are you with me? The final result is every decision will be bad because what you've done is you've, you've forged a perception of yourself and truth from your own experiences. Now you're blind. Now you can't see. Or it's not that you can't see, but you can only see what you feel. Let me say that again. It's not that you can't see, but now you can only see what you feel. The only truth that relates to you is the pain, the problems that you've experienced in your life. That's why you'll get to a place where you say, love hurts. And you'll sing those songs. There was a song called Love Hurts, wasn't there? Nazareth. <laughs> not Jesus of Nazareth, yeah, but yeah. definitely not. <laughs> but but are, you, are you guys with me? So, so what happens is, it's not that we can't see. The problem is now... We, we've, we have forged the perception from our experiences that are so strong. Now we can only, only when we can relate it to our experience does it, does it mean it's truth. That's why you've got people in Hollywood getting up there now when they get their, their awards at the Oscars and they say, um, I just want to use this moment to speak my truth. What is your truth? There's only one truth. It's the Word of God. Amen? Oprah Winfrey, speaking to guests on the show. Oh, we're so happy to have you on our show. We wanted you to share your truth. Do you see how deceptive it is? Where's that person's truth coming from? It's coming from their perception of themselves, which was forged by their bad decisions that they made in their bad relationships. Amen? This is scary stuff, guys. Because before you know it, you're ensnared within yourself to a false truth. And that false truth keeps you in a pattern of pain. Keeps you in a pattern of losing. It keeps you in a pattern of, man, just absolute, I don't know, what do you want to call it? But darkness. In despair. despair, yeah. Absolutely. Are you guys, are you guys with me? Do you get it? Did I go through it too fast? But this is why we are here as the salt and the light in this earth. It's not about preaching a doctrine to somebody. It's about going to them and understanding, listen, that's a broken heart. Are you with me? They need to hear the message of Christ coming to make them whole. doesn't matter if it's your opa and he's 80 and he's had 10 wives. He needs to hear the message. Are you with me? He needs to hear it. Doesn't matter if it's your sister and she became a, a prostitute for 20 something years and whatever. You need to bring this message of Christ came to make the brokenhearted whole. Amen? Yeah. Because they're living, in this, they're living in this pain that they've created for themselves. And all they know is that that's life. That's how people are, and that's who God is. They are captured, but you've been set to set them free. Sent to set them free. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, there's a purpose in my life. You can go. I'm making my notes as we're going. You make your notes. So, are you, guys, are you guys with us? How many people can we relate that to? How many things in our lives can we relate 
ourselves to when we speak about those things. And, and I mean, it's, it's you know, when, oh, I suppose now's the time for my notes, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's like you were talking about those needs that we have, you know. Um, how many of you in your life at some point or even with the relationships you have now, you know? And obviously, you know, when we say relationship, we do, relationships, we don't just mean romantic. It's any connection with people in any capacity, right? Obviously, we always go to romantic because that's the biggest sort of most significant one to paint the examples with. But the mechanics exist in any connection with people, right? And the truth is, is that when we, when we think about our connection with people, it always mirrors our connection with God, right? And like you were saying now, is that when we go to people historically or in with legacy thinking, the unrenewed thinking, it's always, our experience with people is always based on what they can do. You know what I'm saying? It's only very rarely and after a very long period of time that our relationship becomes about who they are. Are you, are you guys with me, you know? And predominantly that comes from how we interact with God because, you know, I, I can do this, I can do this for God, I can do this, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's really making that transition from I can do this for God to God is looking at your soul. He's looking at who you are. Are you guys with me, you know? And a lot of the times in the relationships that we form um, that have been formed from this place of need, right, we are really only in there for what that person's doing for us, giving to us. You, you know what I'm saying? Let's use a basic example like church, okay? Easy example, we're all here. We'll take volunteers, for example, right? Please give our volunteers a round of applause. Hallelujah. I love the volunteers. They just give us so much less to deal with. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but let's take the volunteers, for example, right? Now, those of you who have been um, through maybe some big, you know, kind of um, church organizations, you know, you would know that the volunteers team are run like, you know, clockwork. Because, I mean, Sunday takes a lot of work. Wednesday takes a lot of work, you know, that kind of thing. But the thing is, is that along that way of getting things done when relationships are kind of formed around a task or around a need, right, you actually only, you know, remember people by what they do. Are you with me? It's the truth. It's like, you know, if, if you are someone in the volunteers team who's kind of still there and connecting with people, you know, they, they would mention a name. It's like, wait, I can't remember. Who's, who's that person? It's like, no, man, the one that greets by the door. Oh, yeah. Are you guys with me? You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, Zoe, like, for example. Who's Zoe? No, man, you know that one that's always smiling? The one who has friends at checkers, man. Oh, Zoe, right, you know. <laughs> the one at checkers, you know. So I hope you're still going to checkers because they deliver within, what's it, 60 minutes now, 30 minutes? So <laughs> nice. But... Every single time, our link to people is normally through their action. You guys agree? You understand what I'm saying? And what happens over time is that our, our uh, um, compassion towards people or our patience with them also becomes linked to the action. You, you, you guys understand what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, if Zoe now is grumpy at the door, I'm going to be like, Zoe, what are you doing? Really? I mean, can you just smile at the people? You know, I'm using an example, obviously. But it all becomes around the action, and our, our love towards people is only as long as they perform that action. Are you guys with me? Now, this is something that all of us need to test, because if we're carrying that, we carry the same perception of God to us. Are you guys with me? Now, now, this is important because it's subtle things, you know? And, uh, and I mean, if we use the basic home example, doing the dishes, for example, or picking up your socks, or, you know, whatever it is, washing the car, or cooking the food, I don't know, whatever the task is, right? You see, everyone's laughing. Everyone's like, like you know? Because <laughs> everyone's thinking of the person who doesn't do all those things. <laughs> you see the married couples? Married couples are like... Karina and Ray were looking at each other like this. <laughs> They're like, when are, you know? All the, all the husbands are like, yeah, it's Father's Day today. I'm going for steak afterwards. Hey, God is good. Oh, hey, babe. Uh, yeah, that's cool, you know? But, but <laughs> Dad, that laugh was a bit too loud, Dad. You got to tone it down there, please. But when we look at these kind of basic things, right, it's in those moments where we test now how we respond to lack of performance. Because lack, lack of performance is a reality. We're all human, guys. 
We're never going to be performing 100% all the time, right? But our frustration with lack of performance can never be intertwined with our value for the person. Are you guys with me? Now, I'm going to use an example that that's, I think everyone here can relate to. So, for example, you've got a, mom and a, you got a uh, mom and a dad, right? And then let's say the kid is misbehaved, right? Did something totally wrong. They, I don't know, it was like really bad. What do moms do? Oh, shame. <laughs> or they're going to hit you and sit and cry with you. One of the two, depending what cultural upbringing you have, right? Dad steps in and says, listen here, child. You need to be disciplined. Mom's like, no, don't be so hard on him. Oh, my goodness, right? But now, what typically moms do is that, listen, don't talk about my child like that. You can tell, like, like for example, the bad boy circle, right? The no, no, naughty boy circle at school. Normally, when you meet their mom or their dad, it's normally that type of parent that is protecting them from everything. Don't you dare say something about my child. My child didn't say that. Uh, Ma'am, your child stole my car. <laughs> how dare you? My child's not a thief. My car is literally in your driveway. I don't know how I got there. My son did not take it, okay? Now, it's extreme. It's extreme, but, but these, these kind of mechanics exist. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? So what happens now is, is that when we have a value, and we can analyze like a mom who does that because, you know, the, the, her worth as a mother is obviously tied up in the way her child performs. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And everyone else is wrong except the child because my child has to be right, then I'm a good parent. You, you know what I'm saying? But... When we're now dealing with lack of performance, it's very easy to determine whether or not your value for a person is tied up in their performance. Are you with me? And it becomes even more complicated to now still convey that value for that person while now correcting them to come to the, the right side. I you, think, you understand? Because uh, the, the big thing there is, is that so the correction has to take place. And the value is now attached in the wrong place. Yeah, so now, how do I be a dad? You know, how can I be a dad um, and, and not be the best friend right now at yeah. this moment? Because you, you were giving me something that I needed, even out of your bad behavior, even just because we were friends, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So how do I now cut that and be the dad? 100%. Or be the mom. It's, it's difficult. It, it is. And it, and it comes back to these mechanics that you were explaining because now we see, let's even talk about children. I mean, over the years, I've made people like, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's time for a baby now. I was like, hold on. It's like, yeah, no, we're just at that right time now, you know. We've been married six years and, you know, all the stuff. That's just time for a kid. It's like, well, hold on. There, there's a bit more that goes into, you know, having a child. You've got to be prepared in your heart. You know, God's got to prepare your heart for what's about to come because, I, you know, you always make the statements. You know, people, they go along levels of selflessness, you know, whatever, and then Didi's always like, yeah, just wait till the kids come. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is like... <laughs> and, and the thing is this, is, is that... I used to wear imported clothing, bud. <laughs> this is imported, yeah, bro, not Now I have to buy from Sheen and, and Mr. Price. Sheen is also important, Bruce. Cool. <laughs> but are you guys understanding what I'm saying? And, and, and we need to link this to, to real life because, I mean, if it's not practical, what's the point of us talking about it, right? So they go and have a kid because it's the time. It's the right time to have a kid, right? Now, here's the thing. From the inception, okay, from the time that, that child is conceived and then born and then now being raised, the parent's motive for that kid was like, I just needed you to be here because having a family was the right thing to do. Hello? Now, that's a bit hectic, right? It's the same for getting married. It's the same for choosing jobs and, and work and all these things. It's the same thing is that if you go in with this, I need this out of this, right? You're only going to be able to see value to the extent that it performs. Are you guys with me? Now... But Bash, there's basic, there's 100%. There are needs. They're, listen, you're going to go to work because you need to get money so you can eat. You need to buy food and pay bills. We get that, 100%. But you see, if you have a validation in the type of job that you have, that causes a problem. If you have a fulfillment or a, a value in the type of job that you have, that causes a problem. Because now your value is only to the extent of that job. 
Are you guys with me? And we find ourselves in, in, in these perceptions, right, that get established with very strong emotions, right? Very, very strong emotions because it's normally through very difficult circumstances. Are you with me? And we find ourselves in these circumstances and we just keep going. We just keep going. We just keep going. I don't know how else to do it. I don't know how else to do it. And that's why, you know, you were talking about the good news. That Christ came to heal the brokenhearted. Are you with me? Christ came to heal the brokenhearted. You know? It's like the, the, the famous thing you get. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I'll use one more example, right? Let's say someone is excited about a new venture. I've just started this business, you know. Uh, but now, someone who's not experiencing joy in work or business anymore, what, what do they do around that person who has starts the new thing? It's like, listen, that's cool, but just wait. The time is coming. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, that's so true. You know, new relationship, you know, a newly engaged couple, whatever. They in love, everything, whatever. But then someone who's had a rough marriage, they were like, yeah, don't worry. When marriage comes, you'll see. Like, like, well, hold on. What, what the heck is going on here? It's amazing. It's always those sauerkrauts are the, are the ones that are ready to give all the advice. They're always first in line, but it's always. I'm like, yes. And then you're looking. It's like, who's winning in this section? I'd like some hope, please, you know? Anyone? Hello? But do you guys understand what I'm saying? Is, is even if, even if we have had difficult roads with certain parts of life, our perception of things, even if we're still in the process of figuring it out and going on that journey of experiencing what's in here, we need to give people this. Her marriage is not for me, but how can you say that? God designed it. God designed it as a blessing, and he wants you to be blessed. No, but you're not married. I'm on my way. <laughs> Praise Lord. I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Right? But, oh, you've been through three divorces, and it's like, I've learned. But I've had to renew my mind. I've had to acknowledge that, okay, just because I've been through three divorces doesn't mean I know about marriage. Because then I would still be married. You know about divorce. I know about divorce. <laughs> you know? I know how to break the marriages, you know? But it's about acknowledging these things and realizing that we have these different heartaches at play. You with me? Let's use another example. I'm going through a few examples, you know, but let's use dads and sons, right? We were talking about this yesterday um, at lunch, right? And, um, and we were talking about, actually, uh, Ethan. Ethan was with us. He's not here today, but uh, Tasso's son, he was with us yesterday. So we're busy talking, and, you know, and, and he makes this, we start talking about friends, and, you know, uh, we were talking about how the youth of today really, man, they struggle. I mean, fun for them is Starbucks for 40 minutes with their friends, and then parents come and pick them up, and then it's Netflix at home. I'm like, whoa. When I was 15, life was different, you know? <laughs> like, and uh, and he, he brought up one of his very close friends, and he said, you know, it's, it's so hectic to, to, like, to like deal with him because his, his dad was so hard, you know, his whole life that he actually doesn't have a good gauge of his emotions. So he jumps between, you know, like extremes. So he's either completely ice cold or he gets into such an emotional state that you've got to wait for him to like, like cool down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in the same way now, dads and sons, you know, we have perceptions and heartaches and, and all these things from our own fathers, right, that we just carry on with to the next generation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and you can use um, your example, you know, uh, that you shared many times about how as amazing as your dad was, there was a lot of things that you decided I'm not taking <laughs> onto my kids, you know? And if you look at dads and sons, why, why do you think moms and sons have such a close relationship? Because moms bring that emotional, you know, kind of balance. Because the, the, the harsh dads put it on the sons to say, hey, you're a man. You're a man. Don't cry. <laughs> but you just hit me. <laughs> you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. But you hit me. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Is, is that whatever history, his entire lineage from Adam has had, he's doing it the best way he can. Are you guys with me? And, and dealing with these things, it's not to judge people. We are acknowledging the sin in us. We're acknowledging the fact that we come from a fallen bloodline, which is Adam. 
But Christ has given us an exit point. He's, 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 he's brought us out of all of these things so that the brokenness stops with us. Are you guys with me? You know, people want to pray 12 hours, 24 hours for generational curses to break, but they refuse to submit to the truth of the gospel that Christ redeemed us from the curse. They refuse to submit to the truth of his righteousness and his way to do things and would rather say there's a generational curse instead of saying I am righteous through the blood and now what I produce in my life will be in line with that. Are you guys with me? Absolutely. And it all comes down to those perceptions. You know? One of the hardest things that... that hey, I'm, yeah. well, well, what you're saying there is so, is so important because they'll rather go to the generational curse thing instead of go inward into the heart and see, okay, could this possibly be my fault? You know, listen, I'm going through all these patterns, going through all these bad relationships, all these things are happening in my life. So if it's not God, if it's not the devil... Uh, and it's not curses, I mean, who is it? The next person they always go to is the mother-in-law, you know? But it's, it's, <laughs> it's you know not. What? There's too many loud laughs for these examples. Eh? <laughs> I'm like, well, at least we're real in this church. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> but, but the key is, you know, just to stop and go and see what greed, what need has turned to that greed and it's causing me to, to make all this devastation in my life, create all these bad patterns in my life. What is it? I mean, take for instance the guy, the young man who's sitting at the family briar and you've got the disgruntled old uncle there who's had three marriages and, and he's sitting with his new fiance and they are like so happy about their wedding date and he comes and he says, like you said, oh yeah, it's just a honeymoon and in a couple of months it's, it's all going to be over. I mean, just think about that. Are you with me? We are supposed to be the written epistles. We're supposed to be the ones that bring light to that situation, encouragement to that situation, ones who are filled with grace, always having something uh, sprinkled with grace coming out of our mouths, being able to lift them up, give them hope, take them to a place where they haven't even been before. That's what we're supposed to do. But why is it that we can't give, it, give them that? It's because we haven't fixed our relationship, our vertical relationship with God, you know? We've got to come to the conclusion, we've got to come to the understanding, nothing externally is going to fill that God-shaped hole in your life. That's it. Nothing, nobody. It just can't happen. It's not the way you designed. You were designed to be connected to a source. He's the source and he's the only one that can give you that joy at that moment. He's the only one that can give you the vision for your children when they need it. He's the only one that can give you the stuff, guys. Why? Why is he the only one? Because we're talking about relationships now, right? You know why he's the only one that can fortify you and make you solid? Is because he's the only one that sees you 24-7 in all your flaws and all your ugliness. He knows every sin. He knows every bad uh, uh, decision you've, you've ever made. He knows how you feel about yourself. He knows how you feel about your mother-in-law. He knows how you feel about love. He knows how, how you've hopeless you are, how you've given up in your heart. He knows that you think that you, your own self, is pathetic. But guess what? He loves you unconditionally. He wants to draw you closer to him, spend time with you, and he wants to constantly encourage you, edify you, build you up, give you new vision. He wants to do all these things in you, even though he knows all your ugliness. Even though he knows how selfish you actually are. Even though he knows everything that you're doing in your life is actually all about you. He still wants you. He still wants you. He still wants to be with you. And let me guess, um, well, let me guess, let me say that this is the only way you become solid enough to carry any of that stuff to other people. It's the only way that you can be completely vulnerable, naked before God with all your hidden insecurities and problems and issues and hang-ups and baggage, 
but still sense that you are valued and loved. And now when you are made whole like that, doesn't matter how much baggage Bash has, doesn't matter what mood he's in, doesn't matter what decision he's made, doesn't matter if he's not performing, you are now able to translate what God did for you to him. That's the only way we survive in this place, guys. Because the alternative is go and try and do it in your own strength. (laughs) Just try. Your own children will hurt you. Your own family will desert you. No one's going to be there when you need them to be there. Only he will be there in the way you need him to be there. Amen? This is how it works. You don't actually have another option. You can go and try. You can go and try and be a good person because the Lord tells you to be good. But you know what you'll be? You'll be a broken cistern trying to carry the law. That's all you are. I'm going to go be good because the law tells me to be good. Treat others the way I would like to be treated. Okay, go for it. Go for it. If you haven't got that, that general sense of, wow, man, even though I suck, God loves me. You know what I'm saying? If, you don't, if you're not carrying that thing deep down in your roots, all the way down to your boots. In your <laughs> Are you with me? If you're not carrying that thing, there's no way you're going to be able to give people something when they need it. There's no way. And there's no way you're going to be able to handle it when you're asking for something that they can't give you. It's just you don't have the power. You don't have the strength. You're not built like that. You are not a source. Are you with me? You are not a source. You are designed to be connected to the source. There's no way out of this. So if you've got bad relationships, if you're running away from people, if you've got issues from, of, of life that are just hounding you all the time, it doesn't matter what country you go to, what beach you're sitting on, what job you get, how much your increase is, it's all you. And you need to take responsibility about how you feel about yourself and how you feel about God. Amen? We can't, we just can't get away from it. And, and I think those, those identity mechanics we'll get into, you know, over the weeks. But with this thing of taking um, God as a source, you know, I think over the years for me, the number one immediate benefit has been joy. That's the number one immediate benefit. And I think, you know, joy is one of those benefits that's not really looked at. It's like, I could live without that. Just make sure all the other stuff is, yeah. is okay, you know. But, but let's talk about the significance of having that, guys. Because I don't know about you guys, but man, I don't like being disgruntled. And I've been moody over the years, trust me. Kalen, that was the wrong place to agree. Oh, my goodness. He didn't even hesitate. He was like, crazy. <laughs> but it's true, though, you know. But I promise you, when I found joy in God, now, you find happiness in things in people, but you get joy from God. And I'm going to explain why now, right? David wrote some, I think it's 60-something, 60 63, maybe 67, somewhere there. And he writes this and he says, Lord, return to me the joy of my salvation, of your salvation. Return to me the joy of your salvation, Right? It's a very interesting statement because we don't really think, like I said, of joy as important because we have perceptions about how we're going to get by. Yeah. I'll endure this. I'm tough. Yeah. Ah, it's fine. That's more important right now. You know, all that kind of stuff. But let's, let's break it down for a second in light of God being our source, right? Because if we have anything horizontal that is our source, okay, must remember, we are perpetually frustrated are you guys with me because as much as we're taking from anything horizontal it's taking from us amen so yes i like the i I like the confidence and the value from having the corner office and the executive position but it's costing me 60 hours a week 
Are, are you guys with me? Right? But now when we shift to God being source, what happens is, is that this ever-changing horizontal thing, right? This ever-changing horizontal thing, however it hits you, it's never going to impact your value. It's never going to impact your wholeness. It's never going to impact your contentment. Are you guys with me? But Bash, it's going wrong. It can go wrong, and it will. But is it going wrong affecting what's going right inside here? Because that's the question you need to ask. Because now what happens is, is that when external things go wrong, and you are having God as your source, you're never found without hope in any situation. You're never found without love in any situation. And all the fruit that the Bible tells us come from love through the Spirit. Yeah. You know, Paul makes a statement, and it's a great one. It's, it's shoo. Philippians 3, 4, 4. I have learned the secret to being content in every situation. Whether I have much or whether I have little. Right? Now, contentment we've been given through our experience over the years. But the secret that he's talking about is this. What does he say straight after that? Actually, we can go there. Del, 4, 13, 12, 11, somewhere there. Philippines. No, Philippians. There we go. Let's just go there quickly. Uh, Philippians 4.12. Oh, 4.10. Let's go from 4.10. So it says here, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Now, those of us who are still in the process of making God our source in everything, we know that when something horizontal goes wrong, we are not content. Just let Man United get knocked out of Champions League again. I'm telling you. Just let Arsenal almost win the league. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there, right? <laughs> but just let something like that happen and immediately, boom, you are a nervous wreck, breaking down, don't know what the heck is going on anywhere, right? But check here. I'm not saying this because I have need for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then verse 13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, everyone just quotes 13. And whatever fleshly motive they have is like, I can do this through Jesus. It's like, you're going to rob a bank through Jesus? What are you saying? Okay, that's extreme, but you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's a bit hectic because Paul says here is like, the, the secret that he's learned is verse 13. Is that it doesn't matter where I am, who I'm with, what I'm going through, what I'm doing right? The secret here is Christ is my source of strength. He gives me strength. He didn't say that he's strong in Christ. He says he gives me strength. Are you guys with me? The same thing now, before we go into any horizontal element, any relationship, any career, any business, whatever it is, test why are you doing it. And if you're in it now, test why are you doing it? Because the key is disconnecting in your heart from that thing giving you strength. Because the strength that that thing is giving you is actually weakness. But the strength that Christ gives us is the true strength. Are you guys with me? Isn't it amazing how the church always quotes that last line? And the funny thing is they quote it to go get their needs fulfilled. Amen? Whatever their, whatever their greed is, they always go quote that, I can do all things through Christ. Do you see how deceived our own hearts are? Man, we become blind. We become blind. Our greed will make us blind. 
Amen. And it, it's always when you ask them, so how's it going? Ah, you know, pastor, it's hectic, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Eh? It's like, okay, but so are you saying that the, the, the intensity of your situation is what the strength is for? No, the strength is you have wholeness independent of that. Because if you have wholeness, if you have contentment, if you are complete, what happens? You have peace in your heart. If you have peace in your heart, when God says left, you're going to hear him. When God says right, you're going to hear him. When God shows you an opportunity, you're going to see it. Are you guys with me? Even when we interpret these things, like the selfishness you're talking about, yeah. even when we interpret the word, okay, am I looking at this to serve me now? Am I looking at this because, you know, what do they say? If you want to get rich, politics or religion, just go for it, mm. right? Am I in here now to get money? And then what do people do? They say, hey, God empowers you to make wealth. Yes, but God must be source first. He doesn't empower you to make wealth with the way you know money. He doesn't empower you to make wealth through mammon. He empowers you through his kingdom. Are you guys with me? This is the thing. Oh, I've got to come here. This is it. I, 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 need, I need forgiveness for my sins. Woo, there we go. But why do you need forgiveness for your sins? Just for your guilt? Because you were given forgiveness to connect with God. Not just for your guilt to, oh, there, you can feel better about yourself. No. You were given forgiveness so that you can reconcile with God. Amen. That was the purpose for it. And then take that journey with him to understand now what life looks like with him as the center and not yourself. Amen. Amen. And to reconcile now with man. You know, to have good relationships. That's the process. So what's the situation? A heart that is not getting its source from God is in checkmate. Bottom line. Because the people you're connecting with at work, at friends, the bras and whatever, they're expecting you to be good. But you're not good because you're unhappy. you expecting the same from them. Amen? Why? Because you were designed to have deep, meaningful, joyful, purposeful relationships with people. You can't get away from it. If you don't get your heart sorted out, everything around you will demand from you. Even your own heart will demand from those that can't give you anything. So what, is, what, what situation are you in? It's checkmate. It's a fallen world. It's a broken world. You're a fallen person. Only way out, only way out is to go to God. Get that strength, get that, get that, um, that meaning, all the stuff that Bash was just saying now. Get the wholeness from God first. Without that, you can't, you can't build anything that's meaningful. You just can't. Amen? Yeah, you can't correct anything you've already done. No, you can't. You know, in Timothy, it says that every commandment, listen to this, every commandment given from God is, is about charity. It's about love. Every commandment is to bring us to a pure heart, okay, to have a good conscience, a clear conscience, and to have unwavering faith. There's love, joy, peace, hope right there. There's everything that you need right there. Every commandment is for that. Don't try and run out and just be a good person because the commandment says be a good person. You don't have the power to do it. Are you with me? You don't have the power to do it. Go and get the power of love. Let God love you inside out, upside down, and I promise you, you'll be able to deal with the, the, the worst clients. You'll be able to deal with the, the most selfish people. You will literally look at people knowing they're coming to take from you and they don't want to give you anything. I'm a pastor. I know how that feels. People will run to me every single day Every single day, I ask them, can you help us pay, put, put the lights on? Can you help us keep the lights on? Do you know what they do? They'll throw a five rand into the offering. That's what you think of God. That's what you think of me. But I will see them next week again. I can see them coming. But I don't stop loving them. Do you think I don't know? I know. Do you think we're stupid? Not stupid. You can see it from a mile away. The only thing that can keep you in that place is the love of God. 
the purpose of God, the call of God, the connection with God. Are you with me? doesn't matter who they are. They can come from anywhere. You can handle it. Praise the Lord. Anyone would like to add something? Anybody? Come, add. Yeah, where's the mark? Can we get the mark to him? We, just one or two additions and then we'll close up the, the service. Yeah, so um, just uh, one or two minutes just to say something. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of people received the gift of, of uh, speaking in tongues. So just uh, can I just do a short, quick testimony? Is it okay? Yeah, sure. So a couple of years ago, um, in the evening, early evening, I started having this unrest in my, in my heart. And I just started praying in tongues. And um, it just went on and on. And the uneasiness didn't want to go away. And my wife eventually said, what's going on? Why are you praying all the time? And I said, I don't know. And I tried to seek the reason I always tried to ask God what's happening, and I didn't get the reason. And I was just praying in tongues and praying in tongues, and at one point, I got peace. And just a few minutes after that, my sister called me, and uh, she says, you were the first person that I thought I should let you know. Um, my son, Dylan, was hijacked, and um, they put him in the car, drove to the township with him. He was working in Durban at the time. And um, when they got to the township, um, they let him out of the car. And the guy, one of the guys that had hijacked him called and asked the boss, what must we do with him? And the boss said, let him go. So let him go. And then as soon as they let him go, he ran and dived into a ditch and they, they drove away. So it is my firm belief that if I wasn't, um, didn't get the unction to pray in the spirit for that amount of time, then I am convinced that my nephew would have been killed that day. So um, a couple of, on the day that um, uh, those people that received the gift of speaking in tongues, on the day, um, I had this unction just to go and tell Didi that the Holy Spirit is telling me, sorry, Pastor Didi, that the Holy Spirit is telling me that, um, <laughs> that there are some people that need to learn to speak in tongues. And for the life of me, every time, every time we praise and worship, a lot of times the Holy Spirit tells me <laughs> to say things that I keep quiet and I don't know why I do that. So I just want to encourage you guys. You receive the gift of speaking in tongues. It's so powerful. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than any of all of you combined. Let us use it. Let us use it. I hope that this small little testimony can attest to the power of speaking in tongues. Please use it. Don't, don't, uh, don't minimize it. Don't. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And then during praise and worship, the Holy Spirit just said to me, tell the congregation, there's a lot of you guys, you come here and you put on a front. You wear a mask. Not a lot, but there are some. We all do that. We come here, we put on a front and we wear a mask. But some of you are discouraged. You're looking at the situation in your life. You're looking at what's happening in the country, and you are discouraged. But the Holy Spirit says to say to you, don't be discouraged. You guys are not orphans. You are my sons and my daughters, and you have access to everything, to everything that I have, and everything that is available has already been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Just access it by faith. So those of you that are discouraged, don't be discouraged. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at what's happening in your life. Look at God. He's your source. And if you just listen to, to the pastors from a couple of weeks ago, they've been saying connect to God 
as your source. They've given us homework to do in part seven of Faith Like Christ. They said two, three things. Three things. How many of us have done what they said? And it's so important. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort myself out and convince my heart. Because like Pastor Bash said in, in part seven, if you don't convince your heart of the goodness of God and, and anchor yourself in it, it's where the rubber hits the road or the something hits the fan. One of the two, you know? And I'm going through a lot of things in my life. And I've been so irritated with you guys, what you've been telling me. I've been irritated with you. It just, it just went from a, it went from a testimony to a confession. Yeah. I've been irritated with you guys because I don't want to do what you tell me to do. My heart doesn't want to. And if we just do what they tell us to do, go, guys, the, the videos are available. Go and review and just do what they what they saying you, you must do and convince your heart of God's goodness. Connect to him as a source. Right now, I'm having some issues. I won't go in, into details about what those issues are. And I'm, going, I'm having to let go and, and convince myself that God is my source and he will sort out those issues to me. So I, I just want to say to you two pastors that I appreciate you guys. You're feeding us with good word. And week after week, you are feeding us. And many of us are not, we're not eating, you know. Goes over our head, and we're not doing. It's it's so so. I appreciate you guys, and I, I love you guys, and th thank you for what you are doing for us. And can I just encourage all of us to pray for our pastors? Our pastors are not, as far as I know, they're not drawing salaries or anything from the church. They're self-supporting pastors, right? As as far as I know, they are going out of their way to lead us and to guide us, and they're doing a good job. The least that we can do for them is keep them in, in our prayers. I was touched by Didi's con, um, testimony of how God healed him uh, through a very serious sickness. Let us keep them in our prayers, guys. Let us pray for our pastors. Let us carry them up before the Lord. Let us pray for their finances. Let us pray for their, for their health. Let us pray for their family. Why am I going on like this now? But. <laughs> Uh, let us pray for their families. Let us pray, pray for them, because they need, they need our prayers. Sorry. Uh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, I, you know, I wasn't going to stop you. <laughs> I wasn't Just pray for the pastors. Yeah. Pray for the. <laughs> the best message I heard in this church. No. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need an interpreter, but. <laughs> Hello, Pastor. Hello, Pastor. <laughs> How are you, Evan? Good to uh, see you, Evan. Yeah, good to see you too. I want just to, to understand something. Eh? To understand two things. The first thing is what it means to be a Christian. Uh, the second thing is uh, why Pastor did he call Jesus like uh, second, uh, second uh, Adam? Yeah, that's all. Oh, okay. Well, I can explain that to you afterwards because that'll go into detail, the first Adam and the second Adam. But what it means to be a Christian is God never called you to be a Christian. God calls us a child of God. He calls us a co-worker. He calls us a co-inheritor. He calls us all these things. He doesn't say that we are in the army of God. He doesn't say we are... are um, I mean, you name it. We call ourselves all the opposite things of what God calls us. You know what I'm saying? So we must just remember, Christianity is a religion. It's a, it's a denominational way of thinking. God has called us to be beyond thinking in a paradigm, whether it's our own or a, religion, a religious one. He's called us to his paradigm, to think like him, be like him, and be his children. Amen? That's what we are really called to be, not Christians. Many people can tell you, they say they are Christian, but they don't know God. They don't know God. I've got many Catholic friends, 
And um, they think they know God, but they don't. They don't. I know I've got many, many from different uh, uh, denominations. They think they know God, but they don't. Because they don't see themselves as, 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 as a child of God. They just see themselves as a member of a religion. Amen? Amen. Anyone else want to add something? Ah, I'm enjoying this. We're getting preached back to. Yes. Throw that mark out there, brother. <laughs> brother, I just want to say, you asked why am I saying this? You asked the question now when you were referring to our shepherds. It's because God led you to say that, and there's a reason, and I, I concur with what you're saying. It's very important for all of us to lift our shepherds up in prayer. Um, it's easy to be a Christian. It's very difficult to assume the responsibility of others as a Christian. So we go about our lives being Christians, but we... <sighs> We're weak, actually, because we're not taking on the cares of our brothers and sisters. Because we know that's a burden. So we don't want to do it. Yeah. That's why you were saying what you were saying. Because our shepherds take that burden. So, like you said, you see when people are coming towards you, they say one thing but mean another. Yeah. Or they mean one thing but say another. So, it's very important for us to lift the two of you and Tasso up in prayer. We don't know what's coming in the future. We don't know why we pray like you gave the example, but God knows. So every day, determine in your hearts to lift our shepherds up in prayer because God has placed you guys there. He's given you that responsibility. You take it well, you do it well, you do it without moaning. I've never heard you guys complaining. Um, and we have long chats. I've never heard complaints. Except when there's no gluten-free stuff there for me. Right? <laughs> Just joking. Mom's yeah. place. So it's very important to pray for our shepherds because they're under a, 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 under a tough time dealing with us, dealing with others, having to still come up with sermons, hear from God what needs to be said uh, other than just making a sermon for the sake of it. Um, actually finding the time and taking the time to determine what to say at the right time. So we thank you for that. We thank you for your time and your effort you put into it. And if I can encourage all of you, put your money where your mouth is. Support this ministry. Give. Don't let them have to beg for, for money or for to have the church's needs met. And above that, pray for them and their families that God protects them and blesses them. And make it, a, a, if not a daily, at least a weekly thing that you do. Amen. 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 And thank you, guys. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Thanks, Sheldon. Anyone else? One more? Ah, I'm enjoying this. Oh, there is. The mark's going out. It's me again. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just thinking about what Sheldon and Gil Grant were saying as well. For the last week or so, I, I was reading, and um, I think I came to Timothy, and Paul talks about the role of the church. And he always emphasizes the, the deep connection that we're supposed to have with each other. And it's a lot more than just coming here on a Sunday and greeting each other and then going on with the rest of our week. And likewise, I want to say I'm really thankful that we've been able to learn that from you guys. You guys have been amazing shepherds, and you do feed us with the word and the meat and the milk, <laughs> a mixture of it. But um, it's just been so amazing to contemplate what that word family means. You know, when you greet us and you, you start your day, it's like, hello, family. And for me, Thinking about that in relation to a church, it's been a bit of a shallow word for a while. But then seeing how much responsibility we're supposed to have toward each other, it's deepened that a lot. And seeing the involvement that we take in each other's lives. I mean, you guys give so much of your time for whoever needs it, and you don't ask any in return. And that's, that's selfless. It's beautiful. But I want to encourage everyone to be likewise with our brothers and sisters as well. 
There's a reason why we're called family and why we're called brothers and sisters and not friends and colleagues. It's a personal, close, intimate thing. And we're supposed to care about each other. Didi was telling me this morning about how um, we expand our consciousness and it's by becoming conscious of others and caring about others. And you can only do that when you get to know God because all he does is care about you. He's always aware of only you. He's not in it for himself. And likewise, when we get to know him, we become like that too. So yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for being great teachers and being good shepherds and helping us learn how to connect and walk with God and not just be good at church, but be good at living and fulfilling what God called us to be. And uh, yeah, thank you. And thank you, Mesh. Thank you, bud. Awesome. It's all saying if you want the world to change, if you're waiting for the world to change, it ain't going to change till you change. Amen? Awesome. Let's, let's close in prayer. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you're enjoying this new series. It's only going to get better and deeper. Awesome.